Hello, it's Caleb here at the Lawrence County Public Library. It is September 6th, and this is the newest episode of the Lawrence County Public Library Genealogy Podcast. Um, September Fest is coming up. It's our big festival here in Lawrence County. September Fest is going to be really big this year. Um, there's a lot of good music that's going to be playing on Friday and Saturday. Uh, Larry Cordell, Ricky Skaggs, uh, Noah Thompson, uh, Tyler Childers, Adam Chaffins, um, Laidback, Luna, they're all going to be playing. There's going to be a lot more music than that, too. Um, I know there's a lot of bluegrass bands that are going to be playing. Um, there's going to be two stages, I think. There's the main stage uh, in front of the old Pickback building, uh, where Dollar General is, and the stage uh, over in the park next to the library. Uh, I think it's called the Main Street Park or Main Street Stage or something like that. It should be pretty fun. I'm not too big on crowds, but I want to support local music, so I might uh, try to make it over for some of the performances. Um, definitely want to hit up the Rotary stand, though, and get me some uh, Rotary hash and a Bahama Mama, grab a lemonade on the way out. Might be one of those run-in, get-stuff-get-out kind of things. In today's episode, I'm going to be covering some information about the Potato Festival. Uh, the Lawrence County Potato Festival is the festival that we had before the September Fest. Um, pretty interesting story about it. I've got a reading from the Lawrence County History book and an article from the Big Sandy News that I found using the Big Sandy News Project um, at, right after the first Potato Festival. And something else I'm doing in this episode is covering a little bit of history on the Big Sandy News. Um, it's a pretty important newspaper, in my opinion, if you're in genealogy. It is the oldest still operating newspaper in Kentucky. It is the only print newspaper here in Lawrence County. And it's been in continuous circulation since 1885. And I think that's a pretty big deal. Digital preservation is really important when it comes to stuff like this. Um, microfilm breaks down over time. The hard copies of the newspaper, they get brittle, they can tear real easy, they can stain. Another reason that I wanted to get this project done is for accessibility. Um, we have a lot of people that contact the library wanting to get info from the Big Sandy, but I mean, I've gotten calls from California, uh, Louisiana, Minnesota, all over the country, um, wanting info from the Big Sandy News. And some of the stuff that they want would be very, very in-depth research, um, looking for specific articles but not knowing when they were. So you would have to go through the microfilm pretty much page by page trying to find it. With the archival project that we did, say you're trying to find an article where somebody stabbed another guy and you think it happened in the 1950s. You could type in the person's name and it'll pull up every article referencing that name. And it's really handy when you're looking up court cases because um, in the Big Sandy News they post updates from the courthouse. So there might be an article talking about the preliminary hearing. There might be an article talking about you know, the hearing being delayed or the final sentencing with the hearing. It's something that I'm going to be using on a daily basis here at the library. Um, I get a lot of research requests. So 
yeah, I'm super excited for it. Uh, I've been keeping an eye on how many hits the website's gotten since it went live last week, and it's pretty popular. I'm really excited with the turnout so far. Uh, if anybody has any problems with it, if there are any issues that people find, please reach out to me so I can let them know. Uh, my number is 606-638-4497 here at the library, uh, or you can shoot me an email, caleb at lcplky.org. But enough rambling on, let's go ahead and jump into this episode of the Lawrence County Public Library Genealogy Podcast. On page 34 of the Lawrence County History Book is an article titled Lawrence County Potato Festival. Uh, it's article T40. I had a dream, Louise Lambert of Zelda said after being in charge of downtown entertainment during the last two Ricky Skaggs homecomings. From that came Saturday Night Live in downtown Louisa, six years, bringing thousands to downtown Louisa and world-famous entertainers, including the famous breakdancers during 1984-85. Along with Saturday Night Live, Louisa volunteered to bring three days of entertainment to the three national holidays, including Halloween. The community and business supported all this in spite of the fact that Louise did not have the financial support of the courts, so she struggled on with no equipment or money but hers. After a huge success of Labor Day events in 1986, I wondered why we did not have one big holiday like a fair or festival. I met Roseanne Burchett of the Big Sandy News and was telling her of my desire and dream, but I did not have a name. Roseanne suggested calling it the Potato Festival, and I said, why not? I took my dream to fiscal court November of 1986, and without much excitement, they agreed to appoint me director one year. Then I went to Louisa City Council and told them of my dream. With a lot of jokes and laughs, the city appointed me director for one year, and off I went. My committee was appointed, slogan contest held, registered the Potato Festival downstate with the Recreation and Festival Committees, stating the third weekend in September for three days on each year. Those in charge were Plaza Chairman Judy Parks, Dance Contest WVKY Radio and Jim Bradley, Arts and Crafts Joyce Castle, Martha Burns and Wayne Stambaugh, Parade Pam McClellan and Elmer Crozier, Potato Judging Joe Pig, R.C. Wells and Humana Senior Association, Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Potato, Lawrence County Senior Citizen Center, Festival Pageant, Louisa Junior Women's Club, Cookbook and Potato Booth, Lawrence County Homemakers, Clogging and Street Entertainment, Louise Lambert, National Anthem Singer, Robin Adkins, Flag Ceremony, ROTC of Lawrence County High School, Sound System, Paul Chandler, Carnival, Lawrence County 4-H Clubs. The first Lawrence County Potato Festival was held September 17th, 18th, and 19th of 1987 with great success. Louise returned to fiscal court in November 1987 and city council to be appointed as director two years and the city council would only approve if I make Dr. Mark Kingston chairman of the board of the festival in 1988 and I agreed. Planning began for September 16th, 17th, and 18th 1988 to make it bigger. We added 4-H Pet Show and Judge Contest, Rebecca Club Potato Breakfast, Methodist Church Spaghetti Dinner, Largest One-Hour Downtown Parade, Return of Melody Walters, OWK Channel 13 TV Weather Girl as Grand Marshal, 
Double booth reservations from five states and thousands of visitors as far as away as Hawaii and California. Following the second annual Lawrence County Potato Festival in 1988, being appointed director for 1989 also, City Council held a meeting to do away with the position of director and fiscal court agreed with the city, so January of 1989, I chose not to participate in the Lawrence County Potato Festival anymore. The Lawrence County Annual Potato Festival was designed to bring a once-a-year fun family get-together, community and county fundraiser, and make my county as famous and well-known as possible. And we was all raised on taters, and it was as down-as-earth as we could ever be, and a fine festival name. The third weekend in each month was free to area festivals, so I chose the third weekend in September for the festival. But mostly, it was my love for my county and its people and wanting to bring happiness to all. This was my dream. And the article was by Louise Lambert. I used the library's new uh, Big Sandy News digital collection when I was doing research for this podcast. And I found an article from September 23rd, 1987 in the Big Sandy News on page 6. Uh, first Lawrence County Potato Festival, although dampened by rain, attracts an estimated 1,500 for two days. With more than 1,500 registered in attendance at the first Lawrence County Potato Festival, it is considered by its director as a success. Plans for the event were formed in early September of 1986, the first weekend after Labor Day. The festival is the brainchild of Mrs. Louise Lambert, infamous for Saturday Night Live and weekend holiday entertainment in front of the courthouse. She felt that Lawrence County should have a fair or event just like Johnson County's Apple Festival or the Sorghum Festival in Morgan County. At the initial meeting, the name Potato Festival was suggested by Roseanne Burchett and adopted. Other members of the committee were Howard Sheepy Queen and Farrell Sturgill, executive members, and general committee members Jenny Thompson, Judy Parks, and Jerry Hazlett. The festival ended with financial troubles. Only about 60 attended the Saturday evening concert of the Gary Stewart Quintet, which cost $500, but only proceeds of $191 were realized. Even though Saturday was marred by showers, there was a large enthusiastic crowd in downtown Louisa all day Saturday. There were taters for sale in 50-pound bags on the corner, stuffed tater buckets under a craft tent, and competition taters at Wellman Hardware. Jerry Hazlett, the street corner potato salesman, said it was a bad year for potato crops, leaning on his truck. The bed was heaped with sacks of potatoes, onions, and jars of honey from his farm. There wasn't enough rain, and when it did rain, it rained too much. I harvested 500 or 600 pounds of potatoes this year. I usually raise a half ton. The other major hazard for potato crops is the potato bug. There are hard shell and soft shell varieties, he said. One of the best ways to control potato bugs is geese, Hazel is quoted by the Daily Independent. They do the same with strawberries. They'll eat the bugs and they won't touch the berries. Pest control isn't much trouble for commercial growers, but it's a problem for small farmers. We can't afford the equipment. His crop sells fast, he said, though he doesn't market them commercially. People come to me to buy. Word gets around that I have them. Potatoes you can eat every day and not get tired of them. It's been said there are 56 ways you can fix them. You can make potato candy, potato pie. It's the starch in them that makes potatoes so versatile, he said. His favorite ways to eat them are boiled or baked. At 3 p.m., potato experts Joe Pig, a retired Kentucky Power Company employee, 
Joe Jarrell, retired Lawrence County agricultural expert. Russell Wells, retired with the Agriculture Stabilization and Conservation Service. And farmer Marvin Roberts were in the Wellman Hardware Store expecting and weighing the 26 entries in the potato contest. Their job was to judge the largest, smallest, and most unusual potatoes on the counter. The largest and smallest entries were easy to pick. The judges decided to award trophies in two categories for the largest potatoes. The winners were Ray Dowden for a 63 and a half ounce sweet potato and Pritchard Hazlett for a one pound nine ounce Irish potato. Elmer Ray Wilson won prizes for the smallest potato, one about the size of a raindrop, and most unusual, a cat-faced potato he discovered while digging in his patch on Shirttail Fork of the Little Blank Creek. The judges said others they inspected resembled E.T., a mouse, and an old man with no teeth. Pritchard Hazlett, a Zelda farmer, came to retrieve his prize-winning Irish potato wearing a Spuds McKenzie t-shirt and a chain of Alaskan purple seed potatoes around his neck. It's good soil, he said. I grow 35 to 45 pound heads of cabbage. Do you believe that? Asked his secret for the prize-winning 63 and a half ounce sweet potato, Dowden said, I just put it in the ground and it growed. The prize for best float in the parade went to the Lawrence County Homemakers Club. The float featured club members dressed in pioneer calico gowns and sunbonnets, including 90-year-old Mary Carey. The float was decorated with homemaking articles of the past, a wash tub, churn, and other items. Ruby Hart of Louisa said each of the nine homemakers clubs in Lawrence County contributed squares to a Kentucky quilt displayed under their tent. The quilt was decorated with Kentucky memorabilia, including a log cabin, state and county maps, coal, tobacco, apples, a cardinal, the University of Kentucky, and other state remembrances. The Inez country stompers in pink flounced skirts and ruffled blouses clog-stepped to hoedown music across Main Street. A country music band also performed, and there were recognitions for the oldest festival goers, 94, the youngest, six months, and most traveled, from Kincaid, Wyoming. There were candies, pastries, and crafts of all kinds, children's games and carnival rides. Saturday night at the Lawrence County High School, there was a 50s through the 80s concert. The festival ended Sunday with a horse show. A prime mover in the festival was the third grade at Louisa Elementary School, which organized a pot of gold contest, games, and other fundraisers for their class, said Lana Pritchard, their teacher. There were also concession stands manned by civic organizations and service organization displays. The Army National Guard had a display of camouflage painted tanks and weapons. The idea for the festival originated with Louise Lambert of Catlisburg, Mrs. Hart said. They had an apple festival, an onion festival, but nobody had a potato festival, she said. People in Lawrence County grow a lot of potatoes, said Jerry Hazlett. It's our chief crop. Almost everybody that has land has a potato crop. This is our first potato festival, and it's the only one in the state. We hope it grows and grows and grows. A sore point with several downtown merchants was relocation of the carnival from behind Hex to Madison Street, former side of Pack. 
A sore point with several downtown merchants was relocation of the carnival from behind Hex to Madison Street, former site of Pickpack. Louise's first newspaper was the Chatteroy News, started by Joe H. Borders of Paintsville about 1880. After less than two years, Borders moved to Kansas and the paper was suspended. Next came the Lawrence County Index, which began its career in 1883. Professor H.T. Littleton, then teaching a private school here, joined with Tom Dickerson, a printer, in establishing the Index. Later, Colonel W.O. Johnson in the U.S. Army bought Dickerson's interest. Lynn Boyd Ferguson was 18 years old when he bought H.T. Littleton's Lawrence County Index from W.O. Johnson. Anderson Webb, also 18, was to be his partner. They called the paper the Big Sandy News and August 27, 1885 marked their first issue. Printed in the Lawrence County seat of Louisa, the four-page weekly carried the slogan, Ot invenium viam ot fossium, or either find a way or make one. The News was a sprightly democratic paper that reached deep into Kentucky's eastern mountain coal fields along the Big Sandy and Tug River Valleys. Coverage also included adjacent Wayne County, West Virginia. Ferguson, son of Judge Colonel Milton Jemison Ferguson, was an outspoken Democrat and wealthy enough to finance the Big Sandy News, but not for long. After only four issues, Webb failed for some cause unknown to me, Ferguson, to buy one half interest, as he had agreed. By September 17th, Ferguson had sold that half interest instead to 16-year-old Milton Forrest Conley. A month later, financial strains forced the pair to cut outside matter, allowing for more advertising dollars and also providing room for Ferguson's increasingly dogmatic editorials. Conley was a man of broad mental kin, mature judgment, utmost civic loyalty, and insistent patriotism from William Isley Conley and Ellis Merton Coulter's History of Kentucky, Volume 4, 1922. Conley was Louise's postmaster from 1893 to 1897, and in 1904 he helped organize the Louisa National Bank, in which he served as director and cashier until 1934. Conley also served on the board of trustees at several colleges, participated in the local war efforts, and headed infrastructure projects. Conley became a prominent state Democrat as well, being appointed a prison commissioner in 1912 and chairman of the State Board of Charities from 1923 to 1929. Still, newspapers were Conley's true vocation. At age 14, he had apprenticed with the Prestonsburg Banner and then worked as a compositor at the Lawrence County Index. Conley paid for his share of the news in only 18 months, and by June 2, 1887, he had bought Ferguson's share too. He was only 18 years old. Ferguson declared, I hate this day, but asked his liberal friends to throw their support behind Conley. They obliged, and under Conley's direction, the Big Sandy News became one of Kentucky's most respected broadsides. In 1904, it was Kentucky's first newspaper to use a linotype machine, and in 1922, it was voted Best Country Newspaper by the Kentucky Press Association, an organization in which Conley was also deeply involved. From 1901 to 1902, Conley held half ownership of the Ashland Daily Independent, which he also edited. In 1929, Conley bought the Republican rival, the Lawrence County Recorder, and merged it with the news to become the Big Sandy News Recorder. On this occasion, he handed the reins of management to his editor, Earl W. Kenner Sr., who had started his career at age 17 with the Lawrence County Recorder. In 1935, after 50 years in the newspaper business, 
Conley sold the news to the Big Sandy Publishing Company, of which Kenner was a shareholder. The paper was renamed the Big Sandy News and the Lawrence County Recorder. In 1944, Kenner left to buy the Licking Valley Courier in West Liberty, and by 1974, the Big Sandy Publishing Company returned the paper to its original moniker, Big Sandy News, which is still in print today. As newspapers proliferated at the turn of the 20th century, the news limited its coverage to Lawrence County. That trend was reversed after 2001 when Big Sandy Publishing acquired the Martin County Sun. Concurrently, the news began to publish bi-weekly, adding bureaus in Painesville and Prestonsburg. Circulation grew almost overnight. In 2008, the paper was sold to WCM Investments, which, in 2009, returned the news to a weekly format, asserting that it was the most widely circulated non-daily in Kentucky, covering Lawrence, Johnson, Martin, Floyd, and McGoffin counties in eastern Kentucky. Something we've done here at the library this summer is work with a company called Advantage Archives, and they have digitized our collection of the Big Sandy News. Um, our microfilm goes back to 1885, and it went all the way up through 2008. And from 2008 until current, we have it in hard copy. So what we did, we, we sent off part of the microfilm collection because the Library of Congress, the Chronicling America Project, already covers 1885 through 1922. So to be fiscally responsible, we didn't want to digitize that because it was already done. Since the early years of the Big Sandy News on microfilm have multiple years on microfilm reels, we started by sending off the 1920 uh, microfilm all the way up through 2008. And we also sent Advantage our hard copies, um, like the actual physical newspapers that we had from 2008 up until current. And what we did, they digitized the microfilm, so you can browse it on a website that is on our website, like a link to it. And they converted the hard copies over to microfilm, then onto digital. Um, we did both microfilm and digital for this because there are some people that prefer to use microfilm when they do research. Um, by using the digital version, you're able to type in a name and search and find every article that has that name in it. So if you're doing genealogy research, it's a huge help. If you are doing uh, research for a podcast like I am, you can go to this website, you can change the setting to exact phrase, type in potato festival, and it pulls up every article in the Big Sandy that has the phrase potato festival in it. Super handy, super easy to use, very, very helpful if you are doing research. The long-term plan for this is to digitize our hard copies after the end of the year from here on out. So when 2022 wraps up in January of 2023, I'll box up the hard copies that we have from May 18th, I think, 2022 up until the end of December and send those off to Advantage to get them converted to microfilm and digital. Then from then on out in you know January of 2024, I'll get the 2023 papers ready and send it off to them. This is a project I've wanted to do here at the library since I started here. Um, 
I did the uh, Lawrence County yearbook project with a different company, but they are the ones that first told me about being able to convert microfilm over to digital and being able to search with it. I had reached out to the same company, um, OCI, to see if they were still doing that project, and they have stopped all digitizing at this moment. Um, there is another company that I had done some research on called Advantage Archive. That's who we ended up going with. They were very, very helpful, very quick to respond, uh, really quick turnaround for this entire project. Um, we sent the hard copies and the microfilm about mid-May and September 1st we were able to go live with the uh, project. Hopefully you get a chance to use it. I will probably be using it on a daily basis. Um, it's going to make genealogy research a lot easier uh, and it's really helpful if you just want to find old issues of the Big Sandy News. Um, I had a friend that was talking about how he was on the front page of the Big Sandy News wearing a t-shirt that probably shouldn't have been on the front page of the Big Sandy News. And he was able to find that article in that picture just by typing in his name. I think it'll be a big help for the county. Uh, I'm going to reach out to some history teachers here in Lawrence County and see if they would like a little you know, walkthrough on how to use it so they could use it in their classroom if they want. I've already seen a handful of articles pop up on Facebook that people have found and clipped. Uh, I'm pretty happy with how the turnout is so far. And that's all I've got. Hopefully you learned some stuff in this episode. Hopefully you learned about the festival before the September Fest, uh, the Lawrence County Potato Festival, uh, and a little bit of history on the Big Sandy News and why it's so important to Lawrence County. Uh, if anybody has any questions or, you know, genealogy questions or just general questions, feel free to reach out to me at the library. Uh, number is 606-638-4497 or you can shoot me an email, caleb at lcplky.org. Until next time, have a good one. Mm -hmm.